Good morning once again. Welcome to Cross Point. Glad that you're with us today. Welcome to those listening on the internet. Always good to have you with us as well. If you take out your outlines, we're going to be continuing in our series called 40 Days of Prayer. In today's message, we're calling How to Pray Throughout Your Day. You know, prayer is one of the greatest privileges that we have in all the world. Uh, You know, the Apostle Paul prayed continuously. I remember when I first heard this concept, I was about 12 years old, and I thought, how is that possible? How could you pray throughout the day, every minute of your life? Well, we're going to explain that in today's message. But here's where the Apostle puts it. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18, he says, pray in the Spirit. What does that mean? I mean, that used to sound so mystical to me as a, as a young man, a young boy hearing the Word of God for the first time. It's not mystical at all once you understand it. It just means let the Holy Spirit lead you throughout the day and He will guide your thoughts and your heart in Christ Jesus. He'll even prompt you to pray certain things. How often are we to let the Spirit lead us? At all times. That just means there's no bad time to pray. That's always a good time to pray. And with all kinds of prayers, did you know that there's more than one type of prayer? We'll talk about that as well here in a moment. Uh, There's actually a prayer for every emotion that you could possibly have. There's actually a prayer for every situation that you could have. Have you ever heard of the book of Psalms? You know, the psalmist wrote in all kinds of situations and with all kinds of different emotions. In the Psalms, you'll read about the psalmist complaining. That's an emotion, isn't it? Anybody relate to that one? Or maybe just crying out for help to God. Maybe seeking comfort. You ever needed comfort from your mother, your father, your daddy? Yeah. Well, he cries out. And then there's a psalm of confession. Lord, I blew it. Against thee, thee only have I sinned and done that which is evil in your sight. There's a psalm of clarifying. There's a song of celebration and joy. Every emotion, every situation. And then he says, asking for everything you need. That means, what does everything mean? That means there is no situation. There is no prayer. There is no subject that is off limits to God. If you have a physical issue, talk to God about it. If you've got a mental issue, talk to God. A career issue, talk to God. Financial, sexual, relational, political, talk to God. Nothing is off limits with God. I like that. And then he says, to do this though, you must always be what? What's the next word? Ready. What's that mean? What's it mean to be ready, always ready? That means you've got to do some preparatory work. You've got to be prepared to do these things. That means it takes a little planning. It requires a little effort and forethought. And then he says, and never give up. <clears throat> Have you ever prayed and thought, oh, this isn't working. I think I'm just going to stop praying. Never do that. Never, ever, ever give up. And always pray for all God's people. That means don't just pray for yourself. Now let me ask you something. Can you do all these things in a little two-minute prayer at the end of your day as you do my, now I lay me down to sleeps? Can't be done. This can't be done in two minutes. 
Do you see why you need to pray throughout your day? Now, there's time for formal prayer. There's time for the prayer where you sit down and and you you spend time with God in your quiet time and devotional time, and, and, and that's good. But today I'm talking about a different kind of prayer. I'm talking about being in that spirit of prayer at all times. How do you do this? Well, you've got to develop two habits. It takes 40 days to make a habit, 40 days to break a habit. Aren't you glad we're doing 40 days in prayer? It takes some habit time. Number one, keep a running conversation with God. What does it mean to keep a running conversation with God? That means you're tuned into His frequency at all times. For years and years and years, uh, my wife and I would take family vacations to Yosemite and and with our, our church family and with our youth group, always brought them along. And we would meet off the 210 freeway up here, and there may be five, six, seven, eight cars in caravan. And back, way back then, remember CB days? Remember we used to have CB radios? Two of those be on with us on those trips. And uh, we'd say, hey, go to Channel 5. That's where we'll all meet, and we'd just do a rolling start. And we would just all kind of meet and say, hey, Breaker 1-5, do you hear me? And <clears throat> all the way to Yosemite. We wouldn't be saying something all the time, but someone would chime in, click the button and say, hey, we're pulling off, going to do a little rest stop, going to do a little food stop, going to get some gas. And you knew what was going And then sometimes a conversation would start up. And then it would be silent for maybe, I don't know, it was up, upwards of an hour. And then someone would say, hey, do you guys see that over there on the other side of the road? And someone would chime in and then a conversation would start up again. It's kind of free-flowing, free-going. you know, going. You're not saying something all the time, and that's what prayer is sort of like. You're on the frequency, you're on the channel with God, but every time you talk to Him and every time you say something or maybe time you make a petition or a request on behalf of somebody else, you don't sign off by saying, in Jesus' name, amen. You just keep it kind of going. You know, a lot of times with CB radios, you would say, over and out. Well, we never did that on the way to Yosemite or on the way to Lake Powell. It was a long trip, and you just left the line open for any need, any want, any conversation that someone wanted to have. Is this making sense? Maybe you had to go to Yosemite or like Powell with us to understand this concept. But if you ever had a CB, or nowadays I think they use Motorola. No, nowadays everyone has cell phones, right? But I, I love the old CB days, you know, break or one nine. Free-flowing thoughts. It's kind of like breathing. Do you have to think to breathe? Okay, I'm going to take another breath. Let me think, okay, am I ready for another? No, you don't think about it, you just do it. And when you have the frequency open, when you have conversational prayer time with God flowing, you don't think about it. You just talk about whatever's on your mind at that moment. You can be in your car and a thought come into your head. Boom, the Spirit's led you talk. Maybe you're at work and a thought comes in your head. Talk. You can be at the grocery store. Talk. I'm so forgetful these days, unless I make lists. I had a list this morning of just stuff to bring. Uh, you know, I might think, I'm going by, and then God calls my eyes to avert over here. Oh, yeah, I forgot that. I need that. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And just a quick look for the leading. Look for God's uh, prompting. Uh, even if you're watching television, you ever watch something on TV and say, God, you know, I like these Alaskan shows. You ever watch these shows where these guys are, they live in Alaska, and they live off the grid, and I just admire them. I just couldn't do it. Man, I need a color TV. You know, I need a nice soft bed. I, I want to just flip the switch and the air conditioner come on in the summer, the heater come on in the winter. Ah, we never use the heater. But you get the idea. 
These guys do that stuff all the time. And I go, God, thank you for making Alaska. I like Alaska. I like rugged individual. I like the way these people, you know, live their lives and the freedom that they enjoy. And while you're watching TV, talk to God. You might want to say, God, I like this program. It's a good program. I was watching a movie one time, just years ago. Remember the Indiana Jones series? Man, Indiana Jones was going from one escape to the next, one fight to the next, and he was just so tired of fighting and finally made Then when you think it's all over, some dude has this big sword. Remember that scene? He starts whipping that around, and he goes heading right for Indiana Jones, and he, goes, oh, and he just pulls out a forty-five and just blows him away. And I laughed. I just thought that was the funniest thing in all the world. And I thought, God, did you think that was funny? Maybe he didn't. I mean, I'm basically kind of watching, man, maybe not a murder, but, you know, sword versus 45, and gun's going to win every time, right? But talk to God about that stuff. Anything and nothing is off limits. It's conversational prayer. Ephesians 6.18, pray on every occasion as the Spirit leads. Occasion means you can talk to God anytime, anyplace, anywhere. And then leads, when you get an impression, when God prompts you with an idea, pray about it. You say, does the Holy Spirit do that? I thought that was Old Testament. He still do that today? Well, let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever been tempted by the devil? you ever been tempted? Don't raise your hand if you've never been tempted. I've been tempted by the devil. Well, if the devil can tempt me, then the Holy Spirit can inspire me. Amen? He, the Holy, if not, we're in big trouble. The devil's got all the power. So the Holy Spirit prompts you, gives you ideas, pray about it. First Thessalonians 5.17 says, never stop praying. Pray at all times. The second habit you've got to develop is schedule prayer times throughout your day. And you've got to schedule this. It's not going to happen automatic. <clears throat> Thousands of years you know, ago, the Jews used to say, prescribe set prayers throughout the day. Fixed hours, they would pray. You remember the story of Daniel in the lion's den? You go, yeah, what was that all about? Well, he got caught praying. He prayed three times a day. And then these guys didn't like Daniel. They had a law put in the Medes and the Persians, which was an unalterable law, and it couldn't be changed. And the king liked Daniel, and, uh, but his buddies, or Daniel's uh, co-workers, didn't. So they tried to get rid of him and said, hey, for the next 30 days, nobody prays to their gods except you, O king. And they had it written in the law of the Medes and the Persians. And the king said, that oh, sounds like a good law. Okay, I'm, I'm pretty special. And then Daniel says, I'm not going to obey that law. I'm going to obey God rather than who? Man, I don't care if the law says I can't preach the gospel. Guess what I'm going to do? Preach the gospel. I don't care if the law says you can't pray to God anymore. What am I going to do? I'm going to pray to God. And so David did. And then they said, hey, the punishment is you got to go in the lion's den. And that's, what, that's the story of Daniel in the lion's den. He said, okay, if I die, I die. And the king was on pins and needles all night. And the king said the next morning, is Daniel okay? And they said, oh, yeah. Daniel, what happened? Daniel said, I don't know. God just closed the mouths of the lions. I was obedient. I listened to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. I obeyed God rather than men. And the king goes, ha ha, all right, we fed you to the lions, the lions didn't want you, we fulfilled the law, now you go get all those guys that set you up and throw them in there. Isn't that cool? See, the Lord will revert, your enemies will be destroyed if you obey God. Do you have the faith to obey God? But you've got to schedule. The idea I'm trying to get to here is I'm getting sidetracked, I digress. It's scheduling this time. In New Testament times, we're Roman times. Jesus lived under Roman rule. 
And the Romans, whenever they would conquer an area, they would establish a major city, they would always build a Colosseum. And the Colosseums would always have a bell tower. And the bell towers were used uh, to kind of prompt people throughout the day to, you know, 6 o'clock was called the first hour, 6 a.m., everybody get up, time to begin work, let's begin commerce. The bell would go off. At at 9 a.m., they called that the third hour. <clears throat> and uh, at, at noon, they called that the sixth hour. At noon, everyone took a lunch break. Ooh, you know the lunch breaks in Romans' time? You know how long they lasted? You got three hours off, man. Isn't that something? Three-hour lunch break. I like that, man. Get a little siesta in there. There's some wisdom to that. But then you got the ninth hour back to work. And you got off at the 12th hour, which is at 6 p.m. Everybody go home, eat your dinner, and we'll get up in the morning and do it all over again. Those were the set up. The bells would ring. Well, you know what? Soon Christians started using bells for prayer times too. In the 1400s, the, the monks uh, would ring a bell for the time of prayer. And then someone got thinking, you know what, that's pretty bad for old brother joe over there he has to ring the bell to remind us to pray and he doesn't get to pray as much as we get to pray and so let's fix that for old joe over there and they what they did is they developed a mechanical mechanism that rang the bell for joe so we wouldn't have to miss prayer and you know what the bell was called in those days a clock c-l-o-c now we had a k to it but they called the bell a clock in those days. The first mechanical devices were created to remind us to pray. Isn't that great? David, the psalmist in Psalm 119, 164 says, seven times a day I praise you. You're not limited to three times a day. You're not limited to any time of the day. Pray at all times. Keep the lines of communication open. But the former times of pr- formal times of prayer were done on the clock. So let's do kind of a daily schedule built on the Lord's Prayer. That's what we're going to do today. The Lord's Prayer. First of all, when you get up in the morning, in a habit that I have developed over the years, when I open my eyes, <clears throat> I just like to say, Good morning, Lord. And just kind of gets that concept that, you know, God's with me the whole day. And then start with some gratitude. Get up with gratitude. That's Thanksgiving. Uh, you don't get up with grumbling. Uh, you don't get up with griping. You don't get up with groaning and growling and grunting. You know, somebody asked me one time, Bruce, do you wake up grumpy in the morning? And I said, ah, nah, I usually just let her sleep. <laughs> but, you know, doctors actually say that one of the healthiest or the healthiest uh, emotion that you can have is, the, is gratitude, appreciation for the things that God has done for you. And you know something that I have learned to be grateful for? You may not even think about this. But if you go 10 days without plumbing, you'll be grateful for indoor plumbing again. We had a little problem. I don't want to get into it. Most of you know the story. But we went 10. Thank God, but I could be grateful even in that because we have such wonderful neighbors. They said, here's a key to our house. Whenever you need to use the facility, shower, whatever, we had carte blanche. Isn't that great? 
We were, we're truly, truly blessed. And we got through that ordeal. All new piping in our house now, folks. We can go in that. that the first pipes lasted 33 years. 33 years from now, I want to be someplace else. So I don't care what happens after that. We got brand new pipes. Come on over and enjoy the indoor plumbing. But wasn't it fun this morning when you got up and you flipped that little switch on the wall, the lights came on? You know, most places in the world, you can't do that. And then you went over to the clothes rack and you over, now what am I going to wear today? And you had all these choices. If you got more than one change of clothing, you are richer than most people in the world. You're deciding what shoes to wear and I wonder how many people in the world don't even have shoes. We are a blessed nation. So you start with some gratitude. You start with thanking God. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 7 puts it like this. Let's just read it together. What do you have that God did not give you? What do you have that God didn't give you? I can't think of a thing. You got eyesight? You got it from God. You got feet to carry you to work? You got it from God. So, I earned this paycheck. God didn't earn this pay. Well, who gave you the hands to work with and the air to breathe as you went to work? Everything you have comes from God. Everything is a gift from God. And if it was given to you, how can you brag about it? My bragging is going to be about Jesus. What about you? See, I don't want to brag about me. I'm bragging about Jesus. Whatever gift, talent, or ability you have to serve the Lord, to expand the kingdom of God, you got it as a gift from the Almighty. So start your day by focusing on God's goodness. Matthew 6, 8, 9. Here's the Lord's Prayer part. Jesus said, Your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So then, this is how you should pray. Our Father in Heaven. Last week, we talked about God as our Father, our Daddy, our Abba, and that He's a caring Father. <clears throat> He's a consistent Father. He's a close Father and a capable Father. James says this in James 1.17, Every good gift and every perfect present comes from your Father of light in heaven. And so here's the takeaway on point number one. I thank my father for his consistent love, and I recall all of the ways that he is good to me. So that's how you start your day. In the morning, rise. Don't rise and whine. Rise and shine and thank God for all that you have. Number two, Bless God's name at breakfast. Okay, it's breakfast time. You know, get the frosted flakes out, and you're going to, I'm going to put a banana in mine this morning. I like bananas and frosted flakes. And um, you, you praise God. And, and, and to praise just means to bless, to honor, to respect, to, uh, to praise Him. That's adoration. And so prayers start with who God is, not with what I need. How many times have you started praying with, I need, I need, I need, I want, I want, I want. That's not how you start a prayer. That's how we mostly start prayers. Okay, God, it's time to talk to you again. Uh, It's all about me. No, it starts with Him. Praising Him. So, you start with who God is, not with what I need. Matthew 6, verse 9 says, Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed is the concept of reverence for God. Uh, sometimes I might be doing a funeral, and the funeral director, director will, doesn't really know me and may refer to me as, Hello, Reverend Rokas. And I say, Oh, did you put Reverend in the handout? Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't do that. Uh, 
don't call me that. You can just call me Bruce. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Why do you say that? And I said, well, in my way of thinking, I was raised with there's only one reverend. <laughs> Who's that? God. And I don't. if someone has that title, I'm sorry, I don't refer to them as reverend. Even to be polite, you know, I may call them something. You don't have to call me pastor. You don't have to call me anything. You can just call me Bruce, but don't call me late for dinner, okay? <laughs> I don't need titles, but God is given many in the Scriptures. And I want to honor Him. He's the one we give glory and honor to. Psalm 145, 2, every day I will bless your name. Notice the word name, emphasis on the word name. And praise it forever. Praise what? Praise the name. There's something in the name. In Psalms, God's name is praised about 80 times. You say, what's the big deal? Well, in Bible times, your name represented your character. Your, your word, haven't you ever heard this phrase today? Your your word is only as good as your name, or your name is only as good as your word. Those two concepts go together. Hey, well, you know, if he said it, if she said it, you can count on it happening, because those are people of integrity. Uh, if that one said it, nah, not so sure. But if God says it, you can count on it. Amen? Integrity. A name is important. God reveals himself to us through almost a hundred names or titles in the Bible. Hallowed is just one of them. Let me give you a few more examples. Did I put these in your outline? I don't know if I did, didn't. Abba, we looked at Abba last week. Abba means, well, it doesn't just mean father. It doesn't mean father, really, not even daddy. It's more of dada, dada. Remember, your homework assignment. Did you have difficulty approaching dada this week and using that phrase? It took me about halfway through the week to kind of get comfortable with that. My wife had surgery on Tuesday morning, and... um, and just before they wheeled her in for the surgery, I held her hand. And I said, Dada, my wife needs you right now. Help her with her surgery. And she, I could tell she was smiling because we've both been practicing this Dada idea. I just, in simplistic words, say, Dada, Daddy, I need you. My wife needs you. Help her this week. Abba, as I'm your loving father. El, Dia, I'm your God who knows you and knows everything. Jehovah, Rapha. I am your God who heals you. El Shaddai, I am Almighty God. With all the power you need. I don't know if I have enough power. Well, you don't, but God does. And then Jehovah Jireh, that famous story of Abraham, when he takes his son Isaac to Mount Moriah and offers him, or goes to offer him, and the angel steals his hand, and he says, don't harm the child. And he turns around, what's he find in the thicket? A ram the sacrifice and he says jehovah jireh god provideth and i don't know what thicket you're in right now but god can provide your needs jehovah shalom i'm the god of peace the point here is all prayer is based on how much you know god (coughs) and so the more you know about god you know about god through his word the less you will worry number three at mid-morning, all right, 10 o'clock break, 10, 15, whatever you get, remember what matters most. Matthew 6, verse 10, Jesus puts it like this in the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is where? In heaven. We've got to pray for that to happen because it's not automatic on earth. In heaven, it's automatic, but we pray for that. 
<clears throat> now notice what he's asking us to pray for. You see I bolded the word kingdom? Have you been praying for the kingdom at all this week? Has it even crossed your mind? What's he even talking about? I align myself with God's purpose and plans for my life. And so I dedicate myself, it's a prayer of dedication, to the things of God. In this particular case, he says, pray for the spreading of the kingdom. Yesterday, a number of us enjoyed uh, some prayer time together, first Saturday of the month, and were five, six of us in my office, and we went around the room, and I I can remember three, I I said, you know, um, if, if, if you could ask God, we're about to pray to our Heavenly Father, I said, if you can ask God for anything, and you know that you would be a success this year, before this year was over, what would you ask God for right now, if he were, you know, to use you? And one young man says, I pray that God would use me to preach his word, to expand his kingdom. Whoa, that's this verse. Another one said, I pray for wisdom, that I would know how best to use my gifts, talents, and abilities for God. That's expanding the kingdom. Another one said, God, give me love. So when I, three different people, Lord, when I do those things, I'm doing it with the right attitude, and my heart is right as I expand the kingdom. And the whole prayer kind of focused on that. And that's biblical. Number four. Oh, so I align myself with God's purpose and plans. Number four. I list my needs at lunchtime. Lunchtime, you know, so we've gone from wake up to breakfast to break to lunchtime, time to eat. What do you think Jesus is going to pray? Give us this day our daily what? Bread. Time to eat. So at lunch, you want to pray for what you need. Did you know that bread represents everything you need in life? You know, I used to read that and go, wow, bread would get very, very boring if that's all. That's not what Jesus is talking about. He, bread in the Bible represents all that you need. You say, I need some money. Have you ever heard money be called bread? Hey, give me some bread, man. It's often referred to as bread. Lord, I, I, I need, and then you just fill in the blank. Whatever your needs are, Jesus is saying, pray for those needs. So, what do I do? Two things. <clears throat> Number one, I ask for anything I need. See that on the screen? I ask for anything I need. John put it like this in John fourteen thirteen. You can ask for anything in my name. Whose name is he talking about? Jesus. Jesus, I want to use your name here because I need to invoke authority as I make this request to expand your kingdom, to expand your kingdom, I need a car. To expand your kingdom, I need a watch. Because I want to be on time for my Bible study appointments. To expand your kingdom, you know, I'm, I need food, clothing, shelter. I want to present myself properly and right. <clears throat> I need a house to live in. I need a bed to sleep in. I need protection. I need health, Lord. So whatever your needs are, that's what daily bread represents. Number two, I ask for what other people need. That's called intercession. Intercessory prayer. We've got intercessors right here in our church building. That means you pray for other people, not just your own needs. What does the text say? Um, 
give us this day our daily bread. He doesn't say, give me this day. Who's he including? Other people. God doesn't just want you praying for your needs and what you need. He wants you to pray for other, other people as well. That's plural. Uh, in 1 Samuel 12, verse 23, it says, I'd be sinning against the Lord if I failed to pray for who? You. I've got people that pray for me every day. Whenever I talk to someone I'm looking at right now, when we get off the phone or if we're in person, hey, we pray for you. My husband and I pray for you every day. I say, I know you do. Because you, you've been telling me that for 30 plus years. Got to date me and them. I like that. I'm being prayed for. So don't hog all the prayers for yourself. Pray for others. The Lord's Prayer is a perfect example of that. And so sometimes by noon, I've been going through my day and I'm a little bit stressed out. Anybody stressed out by noontime? I'm looking at my schedule this week. <clears throat> 10 o'clock tax man tomorrow. Amtec elevator's coming. Well, an inspection thing tomorrow afternoon. And then, well, Tuesday, we, we, we buried, well, we didn't bury We did the funeral service for Rudy Obad on Thursday, but we're going to bury him out in Riverside National on, on Tuesday. And so I'm just looking at my week, and I'm already kind of stressed out, and this is only, what, Sunday, and we haven't even finished preaching yet? I'm looking at my schedule for next week. And so you need God to help you with these things. And that's why I want us to read Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. This, this verse helped me as I read this. Do not be anxious about anything, but pray by prayer and petition. So I can be anxious or I can pray. Do you see the difference? Don't be anxious about anything, but pray about everything. We've just learned that. By prayer and petition, a petition's a special request. With thanksgiving. So you're thanking God. You don't wait for the answer to thank God. You thank God in advance. See how you show some faith? Say, God, give me this, and then he gives it to you, and then you thank him. No, no, no. Faith says you pray and you thank him in advance. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God. Now, how many times have you said, God, you know my week, you know my day, get me through this. I don't know how I'm going to get through this, but... Have you ever prayed a prayer like that? Or am I the only one? No, you've all prayed that prayer, right? And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. Where? In Christ Jesus. That's where the power comes from. And so, if you pray at your lunch break, I guarantee you when you go back to work, you'll be a whole lot more peaceful. Now, by mid-afternoon, I've dealt with frustrating people no, no one in here, but other people. Uh, I've dealt with disappointment. I've dealt with hurt. And I've piled up a stack of sinful attitudes. And so, number five, I ask for forgiveness in the afternoon. This is where confession comes in to our daily prayer throughout our day. Matthew 6.12 says, Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us it's easy to pray lord forgive me now try this one lord forgive me the way i'm forgiven paul lord forgive me the way i'm forgiven jose lord forgive me the way i'm forgiven ricky or karina karina you know it's like uh uh-oh well if, if i want forgiveness what do i have to do i've got to extend forgiveness to others and i want the lord to live 
forgive me the same way I'm forgiving others. So it's fully, it's freely, it's unconditional, it's just letting it go. I like that part of the prayer. I own up to my own wrong reactions. And I guess the takeaway I want you to have from point number five is this. I admit my sins and I forgive others who frustrated me. I admit my sins. See, I'm sure I've frustrated other people. And I'm hoping that they're obeying this prayer too and forgiving me. And so it goes both ways. You, you, you don't want to be carrying around resentment all the time. That's not a healthy way to live. And you don't want to be carrying around guilt all the time. And so you just confess it. Psalm 32.5 says, I confess my sins to you. And didn't try to hide them. No cover-ups here. What happens when the Lord hears you confessing and you're not trying to cover up? Then you forgave me and now all my guilt is where? Gone. I want to live a a guilt-free life so I keep short accounts with God. At noon is a good time to confess your sins. You know, after after work, you head home. We're moving into the the last few hours of your day. I didn't know this until this week, but did you know that 90% of arguments (coughs) in your home happen one hour before dinner? Some of you are going, "Uh uh-huh. But I come home hungry, and dinner's not ready. (laughs) Or or whatever. Uh, And and you come home tired, and you come home maybe... You haven't followed the Lord's Prayer and got rid of some of those frustrations. Well, knowing that, it would be wise to ask for help. That's why the takeaway from this point is, I admit my sins and I forgive others who frustrate me. Now, number six. I ask God to help me. Help me do what? Help me make wise decisions. And I might also add here, and to protect me from making dumb decisions also, right? Matthew 6, verse 13. Jesus put it like this in the Lord's Prayer. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I need protection from the evil one every single day. Especially when I'm out there in the world. Right, And the people you work with um, may be into some things that aren't all that great, but you need the job, and you need to keep the relationship going throughout your day, but you're also trying to win them to Christ. And so it, it might tempt you to go this direction. God's saying, no, when you're out there in the world trying to bring people into the kingdom, pray for deliverance from the evil one when you're out among an evil world. When are you most vulnerable to temptation? Ask yourself that question right now. Just I'm going to be quiet for a moment. Some say, ah, oh, nighttime's the worst for me. About midnight, I see that refrigerator. Mm. Or it's when I'm watching television. And nobody's home, and I've got 500 channels, and some of those channels haven't been blocked yet. I suggest you block them. Or maybe it's when you're on the Internet, and you think no one's around. God's around. Be careful. 
what you see. Be careful what you put into your mind, because it goes into your heart. It affects your life. What goes in, garbage in, garbage out, G-I-G-O. But God has given us a great promise. 1 Corinthians 10.13, look on the screen. <clears throat> Remember that the temptation that comes into your life, actually temptations that come into your life, all kinds of them. And, and what may tempt you may not tempt me, all right? We're all wired a little bit differently. And what tempts me may not tempt you. But whatever they are, Whatever comes into your life are no different from what others have experienced. You know, temptation is the common lot of man. You're tempted, your preacher's tempted, we're all tempted, and God is faithful. That's the good news. He will not, <coughs> or He will keep the temptation from becoming so strong that you can't stand up against it. When you are tempted, He will show you a way out so that you will not give in to it. You see that little two word phrase, way out. It's an interesting Greek word, ekbasis. It's the idea of one army chasing another army into a box canyon, quote-unquote seemingly box canyon, and it looks like there's no way out and you're about to be slaughtered when all of a sudden God, or God provides an ekbasis, a way out, and you escape with your life. That's the word. See that exit sign right there? We get our word exit from this word. And it goes back to the word exodus. What was exodus? A way out. A way of escape from who? Pharaoh and his army. What happened to them in the sea? Sea opened up. Children of Israel. They were in a box canyon, right? Mountains over here. Sea over there. No way out. Cross on dry land, and what happened to the army? God provides the way of escape. Now, it's His job to provide it. It's our job to take it. We still have free will. So if you're, if you're watching stuff that you should not be watching, if you're watching stuff that's not good for you, you might want to memorize this next verse. Psalm 101, verse 3. I will refuse <coughs> to look at anything vile or vulgar. And then we'll close with this. I like number seven, maybe the best. I end my day. Okay, the day is over. We got up, thank God, we praised Him, we adored Him, we, we confessed, we all that stuff. And now the end of the day, how do, how do I end my day? With a benediction, kind of a closing prayer. Matthew six thirteen. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever. Amen. I like the way... This prayer ends. At night, when I go to sleep, I want to remember three things. No matter how bad my day is, no matter how bad my world is, God is still in control. Amen? So as I go to sleep, I I remind myself of that. And I remind myself that this is not the end of the story. And then thirdly, I like to remind myself with God and His family will win in the end. Hmm. Now, I can sleep peacefully after a prayer like that. Can't you? We win in the end. I hope you sleep a whole lot better. Now, sometimes people say, but Bruce, this is a good series, but I just don't have the time to pray. Well, if you don't have the time to pray, then you're too busy.
and you're going to miss out on all these blessings. Proverbs 10.27 says, Reverence for God adds hours to your day. I used to read that verse and go, what is that even talking about? <clears throat> Until you experience it. God, I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do that. But when you make the time for God, you'll be surprised how he adds hours to you. It all gets done in the end. Seen that happen in your life? God wants to make it happen. So practice what we've learned here today. The Lord's Prayer is not just a pattern for praying. It's a pattern for living. Let's close in prayer. Now, I want to encourage you... To use this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, throughout your day. It will change your life if you just practice it, but you've got to choose to practice it. You've got to plan for it ahead of time. And if you do, you'll have more energy. You'll have, uh, make better decisions. You'll have less stress. You'll be more productive, and you'll even be healthier. The Lord's Prayer covers every major need of life. And so check in with God throughout your day. If, you, if you've never opened your life to Jesus Christ, today could be your day. Just say, Jesus, um, <laughs> I'm a mess, but I want to be your mess. Would you change me, and would you save me, and would you come into my life right now? I, I'm trusting you alone for my salvation, and I would gladly put you on a baptism anytime, any place. Just open the doors, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.